0: We got involved
1: in a number of areas with education and with government, uh, with media, and helped commence the Christian radio here. And uh, as a result of that, we got involved in initiating United Christian Broadcasters, when we decided to have a national body to broadcast to every Australian Christian radio to every Australian. That was our vision. The
0: Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Today, we have part two of our conversation with Graham McClellan, the retired dentist from Orange in New South Wales. And as we're about to hear, he was much more than a dentist. He's made a huge contribution to the Australian Christian community over the years in many, many ways. And to help you understand why Graham has been involved in so many Christian projects and ministries over the years, you have to go back to his basic conviction that Christians should let their light shine and have a positive influence on society. To this end, he's been involved in helping start Christian radio stations, Christian schools, and has even dabbled in politics for a while, just to name a few things. This all stems from what he was taught by famous Christian writer and philosopher Francis Schaeffer, who started a retreat centre in Switzerland and hosted spiritual seekers. Graham and his wife Pam visited this centre and were taught that there should be no separation between what is sacred And what is secular And that all of our lives as Christians Should reflect our faith As Matthew chapter 5 says We are to let our lights shine before men That they may see our good works And glorify our Father in heaven So today we'll hear the outworking of this philosophy In Graham's life And the many adventures he's been on Once again he's chatting with Eric Scatterbo. Graham please continue your story what happened after you settled
2: in Orange in New South Wales
1: well because we bought this home that's a magnificent old home we paid six thousand dollars we paid for the place that's in 1971 yeah
2: 1971
1: yeah so the Lord blessed us and Mm -hmm. uh, actually what had happened we were up at uh, Cahilla in the Blue Mountains a a Christian retreat center and uh, that's where our little daughter died from the cot death and Mm Oh, the
2: Sudden Infant Death Syndrome,
1: Yeah, yeah it's called now. SIDS, yeah, yeah. yeah SIDS. But people didn't know much about it, actually. Yeah. I, thought, I know people, when we went to the States in '74 that were jailed, the mothers were jailed because wow. they thought re- they were responsible, and the police did, so they put them in jail. That's, that's how ignorant they were about it, yeah. but there's a lot of support now for people who have gone yeah. through it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so the two of you went through that horrendous experience. Yeah. A John 12, 24 experience. Which, uh, when Jesus said, "Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But mm. if it, if it dies, it bears a lot of fruit." And it's, uh, it's um, in the Old Testament, uh, you know, the, the emphasis was on prosperity and flourishing and so on. In the New Testament, I think uh, it's on suffering, mm. and uh, people don't know about that. But it's through suffering that we have character and discipline and mm. and so on and uh, strength and so on. Yeah, and so
2: you bought the historic house that you're sitting in right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, right now. With 4,000 books, I can see.
2: (laughs) Yes, with all those books going up to the 12-foot ceilings. Oh, that is a very, very interesting historic home that you're in there. But you didn't just use it for yourself, you used that for ministry as you shared last time. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, we were having uh, charismatic meetings here and Mm -hmm. uh, we had a lot of young people coming, but uh, we felt we should go overseas Matter of fact, the Lord spoke to us saying that um, you know, we couldn't learn uh, what, we were, what that God was going to show us if we stayed there at home. So we, we went and studied under Fr- Dr. Francis Schaefer, But we, we did also study, before we studied under Schaefer. we studied um, uh, with Teen Challenge because... Uh, in uh, the United thought, States? Yeah, in, in both in Orange County uh, and in Brooklyn, uh, where I was nearly killed. Twice, yeah. uh, What happened with the family? Well, uh, we kept ringing a phone number when we arrived in um, Manhattan, and um, we knew the address, and we got on a train and uh, subway. And and the first hint of uh, danger was the guy opposite us had a revolver in his hand. Oh wow! So anyway, we got off, and uh, at at the subway where we supposed to uh, go into Brooklyn, and uh, this Blake who was next to us with a revolver said, "Oh." um, where you're going, because we had all this luggage and, and two little girls, and uh, he said, oh, you're going to Teen ch- oh, we're going to Teen Challenge. I said, oh, I'll get, to and get someone to pick you up. So, anyway, uh, that's what he said. So, and then within about another two minutes, two patrol cars arrived, and, and, I, and I thought, oh, this is interesting. He said, and they said, what are you doing here with all this luggage? And I said, oh, we're waiting for a fellow to pick us up from, uh, you know, to, uh, to go to Teen Challenge. And he said, do you know the people? And uh, uh, I said, said no, and uh, they said, you do not get a lift here. You do not even get a lift in a taxi. If you got a lift even in a taxi, um, you would have been not heard of again. Oh, wow. And here we are, anyway. They said the only way to ride safely <laughs> to challenge was to get, that for us to take it. So, oh. the, And it was so f- interesting because we put all the baggage in the boot and, uh, and I was uh, sitting in the back because uh, the two police officers were there with, and there wasn't enough room for a little girl as well as Pam so uh, that Tess who was about four she sat uh, with the legs astride of this shotgun between the two police <laughs> officers <laughs> and that's how we arrived at Teen Challenge in, in, in um, Brooklyn So
2: we should back up and explain the reason why you went to the rough neighbourhoods in New York City was because Teen Challenge it's a famous drug rehabilitation
1: yeah, program that yeah. went most to the Most successful office, in the world.
2: Yeah, Ooh. most successful in the world. So you wanted to be a part of that? Is that the idea, to train?
1: Well, what happened when we when we we're in Sydney after Pam and I got to know each other, we uh, and others, um, we went to the cross, and we were just working in the cross with drug addicts, and they either became Christians or died from overdoses. We prayed mm. for a lot of people there, and we went around and... Uh, then, the, then uh, we got interested in what Team Challenge was doing so that when I came out to Orange, uh, Tony Dewbury, who was leading uh, Team Challenge at the time came and said well, would you like to have it as a drop in centre and I said yes and so he said well we'll We'll get you to be trained over in uh, in the United States, so that's why I, I went to New York and uh, those places. But certainly, uh, we studied uh, in Orange County, and we stayed with Chuck Smith and Calvary Chapel, who'd, mm-hmm. and um, with and that was 1974. So it was during the time of the Jesus Revolution over there in wow. the late '60s, early '70s. So we were amongst that for a while. So yeah, that's was that kind was, of the
2: the Jesus Freak movement. Is that what? Yeah, they call my it? word
1: is revival. Yeah, the Jesus and yeah, I've tasted revival. I think two times that yeah. was there, and, and then going back to uh, United States uh, in 1980 with uh, a number of um, Christian communities. One was the Word of God Community in in Ann Arbor in uh, Michigan. So that was just like heaven on earth. I couldn't believe it. Wow. So, wow, you, you've yeah, been so around. I had around. a taste for revival. Yeah. yeah. But but getting back to the United
2: States, so you trained for being a part of this drug rehabilitation program, but I yeah, understand yeah. that when you came back to Australia to start the program, it didn't work out.
1: Well, we, we had to have the support of the ch- churches, and uh, so we had a, a luncheon with the ministers' association, quite about a dozen of them, and you know, heads of the churches, and uh, we shouted them for a meal, and we discussed what we planned to do, Tony Durby and myself, and uh, they were not interested. They said there's no drug problem. I think they really uh, were protecting their own turf. So after uh, all that,
2: after all yeah. that, then it, it didn't come about?
1: No, but we got in, that's why we got involved in other things through Francis Schaeffer, you know, that we needed to be salt and light in it, places of education. That's why we got involved in commencing a Christian school and so on.
2: For people who don't know, Francis Schaeffer is one of the most famous Christian authors in all the world and uh, in modern evangelical Christianity. And he started a community in, was it Switzerland, to yeah, uh, train people in how to integrate our Christian faith into all aspects uh, of life. Is that kind of a good summary? Right. Yeah,
1: in, yeah, into our society, yeah. So uh, it really affected our lives. So that's why we came. when we came back, we got involved in a number of areas with education and with government, uh, with media, and helped commence the Christian radio here. And uh, as, as, as a result of that, we got involved initiating... Uh, United Christian Broadcasters with Mm -hmm. Warren Rout and Mm -hmm. others from um, Warren started a Christian station on a temporary basis in, in Canberra. And there are others from Newcastle, Geelong, and Port Macquarie, Ian Warby from mm-hmm. Port Macquarie and so on. Yep. And we decided to have a national body to broadcast to every Australian, Christian Radio to every Australian. That was our vision. Which is that's known as uh,
2: Vision Christian Radio Christian Media. Vision Christian Media. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's
1: right, of which this program is being broadcast on.
2: Yeah, so, so you're a part of that right from the beginning.
1: Yeah, right from the beginning, and just and because uh, we uh, had... Founded stations in, in areas such as Geelong, Newcastle, mm-hmm. Canberra, here in Orange, Port Macquarie, and so on.
2: So as I understand it, this was all part of the philosophy that you learned from Francis Schaeffer and others to integrate the Christian faith into all aspects of society as kind of uh, an opposition to the secular humanism that was growing at that oh, time. Yeah,
1: yeah. well, in, in our course in '74, we, we learned about secular humanism and then the danger of it. Basically, it's the philosophy that
2: man doesn't need God, that we just humans yeah. can uh, manage ourselves.
0: Yeah. You're listening to The Story. Today, Graham McClellan is once again sharing his life journey and the many different projects and ministries he's been involved in over the years, all with the goal of having a positive Christian influence on society and to bring glory to God. We'll hear more of Graham's story when we return. The Story If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, retired dentist Graham McClellan is once again sharing his life journey and about the many Christian ministries he's been involved in over the years, many of which he started himself. And as we've been hearing, all of these ministries sprung out of his belief that Christians should let their light shine and have a positive influence on society. So you took a number of initiatives and were involved
2: in a number of initiatives to bring faith into society. Hence, you got involved in Christian schooling, Christian radio, uh, Christian websites, and national leadership. Uh, Let's talk about some of the initiatives that you started to try to bring Christianity into society. Where do do we want to start?
1: Well, I'll start start with, um, after coming back, from, uh, Switzerland in 74 mm-hmm. uh, I went down to the local Liberal Party branch because they asked for members so I, oh that's right you down. did have your uh, your political period in the 80s that's right in the late 70s and so on and uh, I got involved with Fred Nile he was wanting to get involved through it um, into Parliament because he, he felt he was getting nowhere with the festival light in a lot of areas so he felt he should join um, uh, as a member of parliament so Fred asked me to help him stand for parliament so I was number two, I took a to- lot of time off work and we went around the countryside all over New South Wales, I oh, don't know how many towns, we visited about every town and uh, I remember on another one later on uh, when I stood for the Senate I, I went, we went to 200 places and Sydney about 70 places, couldn't believe it but anyway wow. um, so we we uh, you know, we've got him in the parliament. It was the highest vote an independent had obtained. He got about nine point six percent, and the quota was six point something. So, I nearly got elected as well. And in actual fact, I was the last to be excluded uh, in that in nineteen eighty one. So, look, I got involved also in um, the commencement of a Christian school, and uh, because yep, of the secular yep. humanism, warning people about secular humanism. And mm-hmm. and when we went around with Fred uh, in the early days in in eighty four. Uh, all of a sudden, Christian school started. Well, uh, Fred asked me to publish a, a booklet on commencing a Christian school because we commenced one in '81, and mm-hmm. when we went around there, about every town we went to, started a Christian school. And and to this day, Fred says he was blamed for starting Christian schools. But <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so th- that was interesting. And and our school here is a beautiful school now. We've mm-hmm. got nearly four hundred children in it. It's got great facilities, and uh, it's doing very well. So.
2: You were involved in starting Christian schools, and as we mentioned, you became involved with Christian radio in Australia, but also overseas in Vanuatu. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, well, that's where we met up in... Um, that's right. That's that? where I met you in... 2006. 2006 in Vanuatu. Yeah, May. May, yeah. yeah May, around yeah. yeah about the middle of May, because that was the uh, anniversary, the 400th anniversary of uh, Pedro Fernandez de Quiros. Um, calling it the South Great South Land of the Holy Spirit. And course, the first European it, to come to the Southern Hemisphere, if I remember correctly. Well, Magellan came around there, and there were others who uh, went via uh, Africa and so on to the East Indies. And uh, there's a whole lot of uh, detail about that in this website yeah. we've got called Christian History Research, chr.org.au.
2: Yes, I was going to say, that's yet another thing that you started, the uh, Christian History Research Institute and yeah. uh, the website that you just mentioned.
1: Yeah, oh my goodness, I three, can't keep
2: track of, of all yeah, these we things.
1: Gets, it gets about three quarters of a million hits, but out of that came National Christian Heritage Sunday, which mm. in its eighth year, we just celebrated its, its eighth year, and so it's to celebrate the arrival of the gospel mm-hmm. uh, in Australia uh, in, in uh, the first fleet. And wow. uh, on the 3rd of February, 1788, was the first service by Richard Johnson. So we celebrate that every year on, a, on the nearest Sunday in February to that date.
2: And regarding Christian radio, you were involved with the local Christian radio station in Orange there, yeah. and then also you helped start the Christian radio station in Vanuatu. How did that come about? Yes,
1: well, well it, is romantic. That's what oh, it romantic. was romantic. Oh, romantic, some more romance. Okay, let's yeah, hear this. And, and the same happened in, in Nepal, where we started there. Actually, it, yeah. With more romance. Siblings. Yeah, another romance. Actually, what <laughs> happened is that my son had gone to Vanuatu with... Uh, a parliamentarian's uh, son and uh, to uh, build a Christian school, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so he went over there and uh, met this lovely airline hostess with uh, Air Vanuatu, Melanesian young lady, and uh, cut the long sh- story short, they married and uh, asked for advice about whether they should live here or back in Vanuatu. And I said, I think sh- it's Rita, uh Daughter-in-law that needed support more than Michael, so uh, Michael decided to live over there. And because uh, they're very um, community-minded, they're a lovely family. They almost mm-hmm. have a birthday every weekend and Rockhampton <laughs> the <takes little> lollies <laughs> because because she's got so many cousins from Pango Village and Port Villa. But they've got a lovely little place there. And uh, so he, he's Michael's got uh, involved in distributing the Bible. But we did set up the first Christian radio there. In mm-hmm. actual fact, it had the had the most um, listenership there for some years, 60%, um, simply because there were only two or three stations operating mm-hmm. and uh, the government one only operated during the day. So we operate 24-7 and so that's why. But, you know, you some of the restaurants and you hear them, uh, the radio with you know my you know my redeemer lives and all this have just brought tears to my eyes. Oh, Some fantastic! The things we're, yeah, and the supermarket was playing it, and it still plays it on a Sunday, and so it it was really uh, helped renew um, people's lives there. And we mm. put one up in um, Luganville and one in Tanner. No, so also I... we got one up at Hog Harbour near near where were you where you were for the. Uh, for the anniversary of the landing of De Kiros in Yeah, I was going to say,
2: if I remember correctly, when you and I and Pam were in Vanuatu for those events, you took us over to the radio station. I think you uh, introduced uh, me to your son and also daughter-in-law Rita, and uh, yeah, we're right. at the station there. So, yeah,
1: yeah, was that yeah, right? They were. Yep, yep, that's true. The number of people who went over for the celebrations. This is at the Port Vila station, and we mm-hmm. were interviewed and yep. so on. And of course, you worked for HCJB, and uh, you uh, recorded a lot of uh, information there. To yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to look in my
2: archives for some of those recordings. When I was interviewing yeah. you on the beach regarding the the history of all this.
1: Lovely islands, paradise.
2: Sunday, the 14th of May, 2006, marked the 400th anniversary of explorer Pedro Fernandez de Quiros landing on the island of Santo in Vanuatu And he named all the land from where he stood to the South Pole, the Southland of the Holy Spirit. This marked the beginning of the Christian heritage of this part of the world. I'm speaking with Dr. Graham McLennan, who has been involved in initiating these festivities from the Australian
1: side of things. Uh, we're here in a beautiful setting uh, with tropical uh, setting behind us and the sea with a French naval ship out to our back here and we have with us uh, church leaders from all over the nation here and they're singing at the moment a lovely song uh, honouring God and and the whole service that's been honouring to God uh, even though there are secular dignitaries from governments uh, throughout uh, the uh, Pacific and internationally as I say from the European Union and from Spain. So that is great. Actually, I've got the uh, the original uh, copies of, not the original copies, but the, uh, I guess, reprints of, of all the of de Kuros's material. Okay. Well,
2: unfortunately, Graham, we're running out of time, not surprisingly, because there's so many things that you're involved yeah. in. But before we end, we need to have you talk about the NACL. What does that stand well, for?
1: Well, in the 1980s, we were concerned about a number of things, uh, and we were trying to, you know, fight bushfires that were breaking out all over the country in the one sense, you know, in, in the sense of spiritual things happening, and and we were just overloaded, really. So uh, we felt we should form the National Alliance of Christian Leaders, a few of us, and uh, and particularly after the Fred Nile uh, campaigns, we realised that Christians weren't really at the, even at the first base. They weren't even in the game, you mm. know, as far as politics were concerned, and, now, and so we needed to do something about it. Um... I guess the real reason why NACL commenced was that there needed to be more than just little pockets of Christendom in Australia, that we don't live in our bubbles, which some of us still do. Mm. And so we we try to connect. And so it was really a network. And so it's still going on today. There's over 1,000, between 1 and 2,000 people are on that list. And... um, their teachers, their, um, their um, school principals, people mm. in the media, their people in politics.
2: Yeah, I, I get uh, your emails as well.
1: Yeah. So we had this network of trying to consolidate and do things, and when we wanted just to try and support and help people to coordinate things in each state and so on, and so it's had its uh, ups and downs. Uh, we, this email keeps us connected. Uh, to a number of um, people and, uh, and 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 electronically uh, that's the thing that surprised me in the united states in the 80s people were, knew about what was going on within within a day whereas here christians some a lot of them would have missed out just simply because of the geography of australia because it's mm-hmm. so widespread and the, and the level of technology now what, what is can, that oh that's a macaw oh well, is it We've your got a, bird yeah it's a golden macaw <laughs> Yeah, what time is it? Yes, yeah, no, they wake up a bit. They have a snooze then siesta time, but I'm getting excited, and they can hear me, and they're getting hungry. So they're oh. my cause and, and the Lord, I had a bit of money left over uh, from, I got more money from my practice than I thought, and, and I said, well, what should I do with this remaining money? And the Lord said, well, Graham, you're going to be staying at home You need a hobby. So I always had parrots as a kid, (laughs) major Mitchells and lots of parrots. Well, I'm glad they
2: could join us for
1: the interview. (laughs) Yeah, so they're getting excited. So it's Pedro and Maria, and uh, we hope they'll breed one day. And and, uh, there's a guy out at Forbes, he breeds them, and he makes a lot of money. It's better than breeding cattle and sheep, I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, unfortunately,
2: we're running out of time, but correct me if I'm wrong, the uh, National Alliance of Christian Leaders, that eventually went into the... The prayer breakfast, is that right?
1: Well, well, one of my mates commenced the uh, prayer breakfast, uh, mm-hmm. dinner, uh, breakfast in 86, uh, Harry Edwards and Alistair Webster. And uh, Alistair always used to come along and uh, support us with NACL and so on. And so we've been associated with the National Prayer Breakfast. In actual fact, I've been to every one mm-hmm. of oh, them wow. since 86. Okay. So uh, not many, I don't think there are any other person that's been to every one of them. Not okay. even the politicians involved, not even Alistair, and, and Harry's uh, passed on now. So, uh, yeah. Okay, we've pretty much run out
2: of time, but I uh, just wanted to ask you to kind of sum up some of the trends in your life that we've been hearing about, all these things that you've been involved in. We've just scratched the surface, there's so many more, but uh, how would you kind of sum up uh, your life of service and furthering the kingdom of God?
1: Well, I think, I think it's summed up in one verse, in Ephesians 2.10. It says that um, God has prepared for you works in advance. So we need to be conscious of God's voice, that he has plans for us, uh, as it says in Jeremiah, for good and and not to uh, upset us. But Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you have given each one of us a desire in our hearts to see you glorified in our land.
2: Well, it just occurred to me that we haven't even talked about all of the medical ministry trips that you went on to Vanuatu uh, and other countries, and also up true. to Nepal. We just don't have time for all of you. You've just done too many wonderful <laughs> things in your life, Graham. We, we can't do it all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, the Lord just speaks to me, as I said, in two, Ephesians 2.10. You know, God has prepared works in, in advance for us to do, and we just need to be doing them. And, and I, you know, the thing is, you can't leave it. My advice is that when the opportunity arises, you've got to take it because you'll get old and and you mm, uh, yep. spend your money on other things and uh, life is so short in eternity.
0: Mm, life is yep, so short, yep. short
1: in eternity. And we're only here on this earth for 80, 90 years at the most and uh, when the Bible speaks about He'll return, I think sometimes it means within our lifetime because we'll die and be with the Lord. Mm. So the, the Lord is, is, is expecting us to do things, and uh, we can't be just armchair, pew-sitting Christians. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, life is short, and sometimes radio programs are short too, but we try to pack in as much as we could of your wonderful, fulfilling life. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Dr. Graham McLennan. Yeah, thanks, Eric.
0: As we said last time, Graham's life certainly reflects the verse, Be doers of the Word, not hearers only. Also, as we heard, he and his wife's lives were based on Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And he certainly has done his fair share of good works, one of them being starting the National Alliance of Christian Leaders, or NACL. It was formed so Australian leaders could network with each other and work on projects together. To find out more, you can visit the website he created. It's nacl.com.au. That's nacl.com.au. Finally, we heard Graeme briefly mention that he helped start Christian radio stations in Nepal and Vanuatu and that they were romances connected to each one. Well, next time, we're going to hear how Graham's son, Michael, met and married his wife, Rita, in Vanuatu. And the time after that, we're going to hear from Tabitha Pandy, who met her husband while on a missions trip to Nepal. So we have some romantic stories coming up to you right there on the story. And both times, these relationships led to radio stations being started. So you'll have to tune in to find out how all that came about, But until then, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. Vanuatu culture is very, very particular. And you can only understand it once you've lived here for a certain period of time. And um, learning that culture over time is the only way you can survive here long term and adapting who you are as a person which I've had to do certainly over the last 18 years to survive here and be married and bring up three beautiful children that we have. Michael McClellan is the son of our guest last time, retired dentist Graham McClellan from Orange in New South Wales. When Michael went on a short-term mission trip to Vanuatu, he had no idea he would meet his future wife and end up settling there. We'll hear Michael's story and how he met and married Rita on the island paradise of Vanuatu next time. The Story, Story. just another way vision is connecting faith to life.